You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Rousseau here, continuing our Teacher Appreciation Week series of pods. Excited to be joined by one of my favorite fellows from one of my favorite classes, the 2013 LC crew. Kelly Maloney is here. He's a high school teacher. We'll catch up with him, hear his thoughts about distance learning, hear his thoughts about the upcoming summer, all these things that are on his mind and probably more. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Kelly, when was the last time you saw students in person? Hey, what's going on, Eric? Uh, the last time was the very fateful Friday the 13th in March. And you knew it was coming probably in your in your gut, in your instinct, but once it finally happened, what was your message to students as you all were departing that afternoon? Yeah, um, so you're definitely right. We, we had some foresight that it might be happening. Nobody, of course, knew to the extent. I did have a few friends um, in the UC system who had actually given a heads up that it was very likely that the spring quarter would uh, resume or continue um, online. So kind of with that awareness, I put two and two together that if the UCs and Cal States were gonna be doing the distance, mm -hmm. that it probably was gonna be a matter of time before it affected all the elementary and high school. So fortunately, um, that last week of class, I actually had all the kids download Zoom ahead of time so we would do like Zoom warm ups. So they were like, mm. Mr. What the hell is this? You know, like why? <laughs> like, and it was cute because I'd ask them like, OK, show me that you can raise your hand. And they're like still raising their physical hand. I'm like, no, I, I know you get that concept, like your little blue electronic hand on Zoom. And then another little plug in case people don't know, there's a nice, really convenient app called Group Me. And it's just when you want to have like large group texts. So I knew that um, sometimes like the district websites or just Internet signals weren't always reliable with all of the traffic. So I had all the kids download that. So we actually had like group texts via period. So it was just a really efficient way of getting through to everyone. So we basically did like, you know, how we do, you would do like a fire alarm. We did like a mm -hmm. Zoom login practice and I would, you know, just text it out to them and they were good. So for better or worse, I think my kiddos were actually disappointed that first Monday because we were probably one of the only classes that like <laughs> went to session and, you know, just picked up where we left off on Friday. Um, so that's how it all began. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like I've tracked a little bit of your distance learning adventures with your students and you're teaching older kids, uh, juniors and seniors, I think mostly, right? But you're able to do novel studies and those kind of things. What has surprised you about the distance learning experience so far? Um, two things. I, I have to say I was quite proud of uh, my specific school. And as you know, it really does come to the, the leadership and the person who's who's running it, the principal. But my principal really stepped up to the plate. And he, um, you know, I tell people you either step up or step off. And he stepped up to make sure all the laptops were distributed, all the hotspots. So I was frankly amazed that it went that smoothly. You know, usually in large districts, um, that's not the case. So that was a very nice success story. And, and I don't say I don't think that was everywhere, but at my school site, it was quite nice. And I think the second thing, Eric, was um, we've just had phenomenal attendance. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, you know, it's a totally different um, experience. But I would say barring two students, I've seen just about all of my seniors every day. Um, and one of them being an undocumented kiddo who's, you know, been like picking up extra shifts and another one who was transferring out of the district as we speak. So mm -hmm. the attendance has been pretty um, insane. And so what do you think about when we see students again? And hopefully that happens in, in August or, or September. This is what going to be year 10 for you, 11 for you. How, how, how far in are you? 
Yeah, this would be um, year 10 in the district. So then as you process the intellectual challenge that you'll face in planning and, and, and catching kids up potentially, or, or just adjusting to all the things that have happened trauma wise or emotionally, like, how are you putting together what the, what the next school year is going to be like? Yeah, I, we just had a professional development based on just that. And we didn't get too far along other than just kind of posing the question you did, but I think it really, um, I think the interesting thing, Eric, is for most of the world, we're just at a transition point. You know, things aren't going to be quite how they were. And that's one of the oddities of, you know, situations like this, whenever there are pandemics or virus, you know, um, circumstances like the one we're experiencing, it forces the world at hand to change. And I think you and I both know, having both been teachers, there are a lot of practices that are outdated and, you know, not really best serving the needs of our kids. So I'm not by any means saying that e-learning is the best or that's the only way that um, learning should happen. But I do think it's putting us as teachers and educators in a unique place to really re-envision our schools and just to kind of, you know, reconfigure some logistics and think about ways to kind of evolve. Um, so at least that's how I'm taking it as an opportunity to think, you know, how can we service the learning needs, but then also all the other, you know, social, emotional college planning, et cetera. So if they put you in charge of, let's say, scheduling for next year, or even for the future of LUSD, would you be interested in something like a four-day in-person week, a one-day not-in-person e-learning experience? What kind of ways would you see potentially the the face-to-face time schedule changing based on what we're learning now? Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right, Eric. Like, and one of my weird things I geek out on is schedules. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't know why it's my nerdy teacher thing, but I, I think that you know you could have a very efficient system in an ideal world when there's, of course, low risk or you know when there's vaccines. But um, yeah, I, I just think it really is a unique time to imagine a lot of the scheduling and and just how that could be, you know, stationed between grade levels or just even, you know. I remember when there was um, peak amounts of kids during like baby boom era, you saw schools that would have like kind of like when we went to kindergarten, like the morning shifts and the afternoon shifts. And um, if you talk to people during that era, a lot of them loved their schedule because they felt that their class and instructional time was just really efficient. And trust me, like I love all the cute things like the homeroom classes and the assemblies. And I think for different, definitely different grade levels, those are really significant and important. But like for my end, when you're dealing at the end of high school, a lot of the kids are just really excited to just like do what they need to and then start their little jobs or help their families. Um, so I, I, I'm curious to see the direction it can go. I know a lot of my students have started like picking up different work shifts, whether it's like helping families on the side or, you know, just extra work. And just one other kind of interesting thought, it has been interesting to see the kids who were working within fast food, you know, typically that's not really a respected work or job. And now they're some of the few who are the only ones working. So it's kind of added this really interesting shift on like, not only what is learning to the teachers and students, but also like, wow, these are jobs that are actually employing people. And maybe this is going to affect my decision and kind of my outlook on, on different career and work choices. Yeah, that's well said. When we come back, we'll talk with Kelly a little bit more about his classroom, his school, and this fun time of Teacher Appreciation Week. Thanks for tuning in this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. So, Kelly, you're in Chicago right now. Um, I know you've had some some challenging days with the family a little bit. If you wanted to share, um, 
what uh, has life been like for you out there the last couple of weeks? Oh man. Um, obviously, I think everyone has had a very challenging time during this this past uh, season. Uh, for me, unfortunately, my family has gone through two deaths, um, not COVID related, but um, from cancer complications for my uncle and my dad most recently. And on top of those, I was also um, and still am in the process of closing on a condo in LA. Mm. So it's been quite an interesting uh, whirlwind of circumstances. Um, but one cute thing I wanted to share actually mm. with you, Eric, um, was it, in a weird way, I was very fortunate because during this time, you know, I would never have had a month off in spring. And the, the oddness of the schedule allowed me to spend every uh, day of my father's last yeah. month with him. And um, to connect it with teaching, you know, he was a retired teacher. He was trained to be a medical medical school professor, but most of his career was in high school science. So it was kind of sweet that he would like overhear my classes as I taught at the <laughs> kitchen table. And on his very last day, I actually um, brought my kids via the computer and the internet with me to the hospital. So he had a chemo and, you know, I don't know if you've been through it or not, but um, it's like a five-hour process and ordeal by the time you park and, you know, the actual chemo is delivered and, and whatnot. Um, and I had talked to my seniors and said, you know, guys, I'm going to be in the hospital today um, helping my dad. So, so I just really need you to be like more than ever on. Like this is not the time to like forget the Zoom login or, you know, all the things. And I'll never forget it, Eric, when I went to log in, like after my dad was all wired up and then as I was getting wired up with the kids, um, I opened my Zoom and this was right after like weight rooms were installed for like privacy purposes. Mm, yeah. And literally 100% of the seniors were like ready to roll and already in the waiting room. And it was just like amazing. And then they were like really cute and they were like, hi, Maloney's, hi, nurses, <laughs> hi, doctors. <laughs> and the, the medical team was like, oh, that's so cool. Are they just here in the city? And I was like, actually, they're 2000 miles away in L.A. Right. But it was really weird to be home in like that intimate of a setting and then, you know, still doing my work. It was like a really cool combination of passions. And um, and then they just had they were just excellent worker bees. And then even on the drive home, I transitioned them to do, do, do some independent work that I had set up. And by the time I parked, like. I could still hear the little Zoom breakout groups going and the discussions <laughs> thriving. And like, it was just a really great memory because afterwards I actually sent them a, a shout out email and said something to the effect of, you know, seniors um, in adulthood, it's not like one day you're just suddenly bam an adult. It's more like you do something that merits that title. And for me today, you all merited that title. You know, that title. You showed your, yourselves and I couldn't be more proud. So even though it was a dark day, I'm so happy that that was part of the memory of my dad's last day here. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. When do you feel like you'll be back in Los Angeles? I know you mentioned the condo, and I'm sure you're kind of itching to get back to the beach when, <laughs> when that opens too, if that ever happens. But yeah, when do you think you'll be back here? Yeah, so we're just waiting for escrow to finish. And for listeners, in case you are ever purchasing a property, <laughs> um, make sure your seller signs all documents before he or she leaves the country. Oof. Because my poor seller has been trapped in Colombia. Oh, and wow. they're in an even worse lockdown than our own. So just um, we're just waiting for the final clearance 
But I will say I have the most impressive target in Amazon shopping cart ready to roll. So like, <laughs> like it'll be a really smooth transition. I hear there's no traffic. So, you know, it'll just be a, a swift move, I hope. But we're just waiting for all the paperwork to finally uh, come together. Yeah, we'll be excited to have you back. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for all you're doing for the students. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Zag. Make sure to catch all the episodes we've dropped this week as part of Teacher Appreciation Week. Talking to educators in the NLC alum community, former classroom teachers, policy folks, uh, really from all angles and trying to support kids and families. So check those out. Got a few more coming the rest of the week. So until next time, we'll catch you soon.